Again, a good early Sunday morning. Uh, just a reminder about Easter. Uh, our plan, uh, if, as weather permits, we want to do everything outside, but in order to let everything dry, we will not actually have church until 11 uh, Easter morning. So um, that'll give you guys an extra hour to catch up on the one y'all lost uh, this morning. So um, just, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, again, so good to see a lot of you back today. What a blessing that is. And, and, um, it's just uncertain times, you know, we, we live in those, but one thing we are certain of, and that is that God is still in control and we are very thankful this morning. We're looking at more than good works. I'm going to be honest with you, uh, preparing this, getting ready for this. It is a reminder of just how ill-equipped I am how undeserving I am to be in this uh, position, in this pulpit. Um, It is a very scary thing to know that I uh, have been entrusted with not just preaching the word, but setting the example. And man, have I failed at that in so many ways. And it's a very scary thing when you begin to look at God's word and all that he calls us to be. And when we begin to start kind of looking at our life, we can become uh, really a danger to ourselves when when our thinking is, well, I'm better than I used to be. Um, We can get in a lot of trouble because we convince ourselves that our good works are proof that we are... We're, we're better than we used to be, so we're, we must be born again. We must be believers because we are in, in a better place, in a better position. But God's Word tells us that we're called to do more than just good works. We're actually called to holiness. Holiness. God set us aside. He called us out of this world. And with that calling, there's a call to be different. It's not just to be good, but to be holy. To live a life of righteousness, to live a life that is an example. And I don't know about you, but man, I struggle every day with this. I struggle with this. I struggle with the whole thing of of what is holiness. And, And you know, God, I just thank you I'm not like I used to be. But then if you think about it, we almost sound like the old fellow in the Bible that said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like the other guy. We have been called to greater things than just good works. We have been called to seek holiness, to willingly be set apart. It's a challenge, but it's what our call is. So if you would, let's stand together as we read 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 through 14. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Aren't you glad that God predestined us to that? He had set us up. He had set us aside, set us apart. If you are here today, it's because of the grace of God, not because of your own goodness. 
He says, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. Father, we ask now as we look into your word, God, that we will understand this calling, this setting aside, that before we were ever born, Father, you had already set this up for us. The work was already to be done before the foundation of the world, Father, you had already had a plan. Thank you, Lord, for that plan. Now, may we understand that it is a calling to do more than just good works. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Paul starts out here and he says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, um, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Paul is saying, listen, this call that God has put on my life, this thing that he has called me to, this idea of holiness, this, this desire for greater things than just doing good works, but to actually be a part of the gospel. He says it is worth suffering. It is worth imprisonment. It, it is worth whatever comes my way. I am willing to do that. He says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time. God has set us aside. He has called us to holiness. Now, you and I will never get there by our works. We are saved, according to this verse, by grace. Let me read it to you again. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And speaking with our youth, I asked them uh, a couple of weeks ago to tell me a little bit about what happens after death. And, and some of them felt that perhaps that it was after death that we actually found out if we were saved or not. Folks, if you don't know if you're saved or not, there's an issue with you already. There should be something within you that has a testimony of salvation. We're not going to wait and stand before God to know whether or not we've been accepted. We should know if I'm following after the heart of God or not. If we have accepted that call to holiness. If we have accepted that call to be different and to be called out. That should be what every Christian looks like. Now, don't get me wrong. We can join these large churches who preach that God doesn't want you to suffer. And God just wants to bless you. And you can go to hell with every single one of them that wants to believe that way. But I'm telling you, we have been called to be different. We have been called to be separated. You can say, well, that's some really strong language. Well, folks, there's a reason that it's strong because God has not called us to just be better people. God has called us to be separated and to be holy and to seek after holiness. I'm not making this a Baptist thing, by the way, because there's a lot of Baptist churches who have gone astray in teaching that everything's going to be okay. Just hang in there. Folks, the Bible teaches us to fight, to fight, that every day is a struggle. Every day we should seek holiness. Every day we should deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Christ. That sounds like a whole lot more than just good works. 
He says, but we are called according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. God had already done the work. He had already planned the work. He knew what was going to take place. And he was going to send his only begotten son that you and I might not just be saved, but that we should be saved not just from the world, not just to go to heaven, but that we should be saved from the evils of this day. We're called to be different. He says, but now has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Folks, this gospel that we're speaking of should be the very gospel that we proclaim on a daily basis. I used to know a man who was really, he, he felt that teenagers should be exempt from sharing the gospel. He felt that teenagers were not quite ready to uh, really be persecuted. And, and I'm like, well, man, if you would get out of America and you would go to these other countries where people are persecuted no matter how old they are, including little children because their parents are believers, then you would understand that even teenagers are responsible for the gospel. As a matter of fact, I believe that a child who comes to know Christ is also responsible for the gospel. We have all been set aside. We have all been called to something higher than ourselves. We've all been called to do more than just good works. We have been called to the gospel. We are to bring light through the gospel. We live in a dark world, so what does the world need? They need the gospel. The gospel is the only light. The gospel is what we've been called to. And the gospel is greater than just good works. We can attempt to be good people. We can try and do better. But the truth is we have failed if we do not share the gospel. The gospel is the most holy thing that we have. And God has called us to holiness. Many of you get bothered whenever I say things like, if you've never shared the gospel, how can you call yourself a Christian? Folks, that should bother you. That should bother you. If you are a believer in Christ, how can you not also share? I told our youth last Wednesday, I said, you don't understand the importance. Your generation is dying. And if we keep silent as teenagers, if you keep silent as a young person up to your generation, you are just as guilty. Share the gospel, be the difference. But folks, what do our teenagers learn how to present the gospel they learn it from their peers and their parents and their leaders at church if they don't see us sharing the gospel why would they do it if all they see their parents doing are good works then they'll be satisfied with just good works even though god has called us to something higher something greater which is the gospel We had a gentleman not long ago come out after service, and he was in need of some gas money to, I think, get to Austin. There was a group of the guys standing around him talking with him, and Louis, you were there with us, and I was thankful because while we were sharing with him, Louis stepped up and asked him a very important question. He wanted to know if he was saved. You remember that, buddy? I remember that. It left a mark on me as a pastor to watch somebody who I didn't know that well step up and say, hey, are you saved? 
Now the guy gave the basic answer that a lot of people give. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm a believer. I know Jesus. I know God. I, I, I love the Lord. And a lot of people give that answer when they want money. Doesn't that sound terrible to say that? But it's just the reality. But it doesn't stop us from sharing the gospel. It doesn't keep us from giving them the good news of Jesus Christ. Folks, you and I are called to do more than just sit here and say, I'm better than I used to be. Oh, I've done some great things. I volunteer here. I volunteer. But have you given people the gospel? The most holy thing that we have. Have you given people the gospel? That's what we're called to. That's what we're separated to. That's what we're called for. And we're called to live above reproach. There's my struggle. There's where I fail. I say things. I do things. I laugh at things. Things that I know God would be embarrassed to have put upon him through his pastor, through his leadership. You see, we have been called away from what we used to do. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 and it says, in you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We used to walk in a certain way, but those ways were death. And God says, no, I've called you to something higher. I've called you to life. You once were dead, but I have made you alive through the gospel. Folks, we are watching a world that is dying. What better thing can we give them than the gospel? What better thing can we give them than the truth of Christ, the truth of God, the truth of the Holy Spirit? He says, and you who he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, which in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. You say, well, I'm not that person anymore. Like, I don't do all those things that I used to do. So I must be better. But are you a gospel person? Are you one who shares the good news of Jesus Christ? But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which we, he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Amen? And raised us up together and made us, all, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Folks, this takes holiness. This takes sanctification. This takes a work. This takes justification where, where Christ takes in our sin and our penalty upon the cross. And he takes everything that was ours. And he dies upon the cross. Our stripes, our stripes, he took. That's why the Bible says by his stripes we are healed. He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Folks, this thing should make us change. It says, not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You say, well, brother Tom, that right there says we're here for good works. 
your idea of good and my idea of good and God's idea of good are probably not even close. God's idea of good is holy, set apart. What did Paul say? I am glad. Almost like he was proud to be a prisoner for Christ. I wonder how many of us would be happy to be persecuted for our Savior. Well, let me tell you how you get persecuted for your Savior. You share the gospel. You share the gospel where it's not wanted. You share the gospel where people reject it. You share the gospel with your peers. You share the gospel at school. You share the gospel at work. You share the gospel where people look at you and say, we don't want to hear that. Yeah, you may not want to hear it, but you need it. That's the sign of someone who is a true follower of Christ. I want you to know about the gospel. We're called to be different. By the time I'm telling you, I am trying my best to be better. Well, then we need to read Isaiah 64, 5 through 7. It says, you meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry for we have sinned and these ways we continue and we need to be saved. But we are all like an unclean thing and all of our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name who stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. I'm telling you in the modern church when we no longer preach the gospel and we no longer call sin, sin. God looks at the modern church today and says I reject you. I want none of you. What he is looking for are those who are willingly separated. For those who are willingly called to the gospel of Christ. Folks, I don't know about you, but I want to stand and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Because that's what I've been called to. That's what I've been separated to. And I can't get there by being better. I get there by understanding grace that I have been made alive in Christ. We live in a very divided world. Last night at the commencement, we sat and listened to a guy stand up and basically just tell everybody that there's too many problems and that basically the conservative would just understand that we've got to come farther left. We would all be okay. That's pretty much how the speech went. Am I right? I mean, that was, that was pretty much, yeah, if, if you folks that are a little bit conservative would just come this direction, I'm sort of thinking, you know, that's the very call that most churches preach now. We've got to change the Bible to fit our day. Baloney. We keep preaching the gospel. We keep preaching the truth. We keep preaching holiness. We keep preaching separation. We keep preaching called out. That's who we're supposed to be. And by the way, we will be outnumbered. We will be outnumbered. But we are to be who we are. Your works that you're trying to do outside of God, outside of seeking holiness, outside of doing what we have been called to do, they're just filthy rags, the Bible says. 
So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to put God first in our hearts, in our lives, and everything. Listen to what he says. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Put him above everything. Make sure that you are actually seeking after the heart of God. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Some of us are walking around like there's no hope. We're walking around as though we're already defeated. And we are alive. Did y'all hear what it said? We have been made alive in Christ. He says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready. To give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they, def- when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed for it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Remember what they did to Jesus? They were calling him everything under the sun, every name that could be called. They were doing everything to him. And then finally at the end, one of the soldiers says, surely this was the son of God. Even the thief on the cross recognized, I need you. Folks, we better be ready to suffer for doing good. Because the Bible says it'd be ready, be better to suffer for doing good than to suffer for doing evil. So where do we go from there? Well, we've got to begin to share the gospel. Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by good works. Nope, that's not what it says, does it? What does it say? The just shall live by faith. Faith is what makes us different. We don't care what other people think. We don't have to always be right. One thing that I have found out about myself is I hate being wrong. Any other man struggle with that one? I know you sweet gentle ladies never struggle with that, but us men have a hard time admitting when we're wrong. Ladies, if you're married to a man who has a hard time admitting when he's wrong, just simply say amen. That's right, Billy. You heard that, didn't you, buddy? <laughs> you heard that. Yeah. You don't deny it. No, we can't deny it. It is who we are. We are what we are. It's tough. We sit there and, and we, we can't handle that truth. But, but, but let me tell you something. We have to come to that place of saying, you know what? This isn't right. I'm not right. I've got to put my faith, my hope, my trust in Christ alone. Let me read this to you again. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. A lot of us have just been living to try and do better. Matter of fact, when you're being blessed, that is when you are at your greatest trust in God. And that's the total opposite of what we're called to be. Like the only time, if the only time you have peace is when things are going well, there is a problem with your walk with God. 
Paul was in prison and was okay. Paul was in prison and was singing. Paul was shipwrecked. He was snake bitten and all these different things. And yet he continued to trust God in all that he did. Why? Because the just shall live by faith, not just in the good times, but in the hard times. And then some of us, we got this idea that we're okay because we're doing certain things the Bible says, but it's more than just taking care of orphans and widows. A lot of us have this mindset that if I do my part, if I go out and rake leaves, if I go out and help somebody who's hurting, if I take care of orphan children, if I do those things, listen to what he says in James 1. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, you can do all the great works you want to do, but if you cannot control your own tongue, if you can't speak truth, If all you can do is lie, if all you can do is be mischievous, if all you can do is speak ill of other people, you are, in your works, are no good. Do you hear that part? No matter how good I think I am, no matter how good my work is, if I can't speak truth, or if I backbite, I've deceived my own heart. Did y'all catch that part? Let me read this to you again. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Then he goes on to say, if you can control your tongue, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Well, I've got a couple of those down. I help people. I do this and that. Yeah, but that last part, keep oneself unspotted from the world admit when you're wrong men women swallow your pride humble yourself before God bridle keep that tongue because we have a struggle keeping our tongue Believe me, everyone in this room who thinks they're righteous, I'm telling you, be very careful because that tongue can get you in trouble. It's funny to me how we think nobody knows that we've spoken about them, spoken ill of them. Trust me, who you tell something to, I'm telling you, no matter how much you trust them, You better be careful because everybody likes to tell their story. You ever notice that? You ever notice how people, I'll never say a word. And then the next thing you know, everybody and their grandma knows what was said. And it's changed. But had we just kept our mouths shut from the beginning, there would have never been a chance to have anything said anyway. We have to be very careful, mindful of others. But no matter how good a work you do, if you can't control this thing, folks, seeking righteousness, seeking holiness is bridling this tongue. It is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. We have been called out. Let's be called out together. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, I thank you for your love and your grace. And Father, I ask uh, this morning as we...
prepare for this time of invitation, God, that we would understand that we are a broken people and all of our works are as filthy rags, Father, if they're just to make us look better or to just feel better. God, the truth is we are called to righteousness, called to be separated. And Father, as pastor of this church, I confess to you, Lord, that I struggle every day. And I feel so just disqualified so many times, Father, whenever I allow my temper to get the best of me, whenever I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. Father, these are the things that I've been called to do. I've been called to change and be different from what I was. I've been made alive. Well, God, may I live in the power of the Holy Spirit. May we all live in that power and share the good news, the greatest news, the most holy thing we have, the gospel. May we share that with all that we know. God, help us to bridle our tongue. Help us to watch how we speak. Lord God, forgive me. Forgive me for not setting the highest example. Lord, may I set that example for this church to follow. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.